Hi, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. You know, our heart is to do all that we can to incline our sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit and power, reviving the church here in West Michigan, in our state and in our nation, and leading to a great spiritual awakening for His glory. But first, it's critical that we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to to His instructions in humble obedience. So today we have the privilege of speaking with a good friend, John Scaife, who among other things is the Great Lakes leader for Promise Keepers. We want to talk about what is God saying to, to, to men, to Christian men in our region, state, and nation. So listen. Well, it is a joy to introduce a good friend, uh, someone I've known for a number of years, but uh, so proud of him, proud that uh, we are friends. John Scafe, S-C-A-F-E is how he spells his last name. John, uh, welcome to our little podcast here. Thanks, Randy. It's good to be here. Let me uh, just give a little background on on my friend John. Um, He lives in the greater Grand Rapids area. And his passion, according to his bio here, I like this, is to encourage individuals, couples, and groups with their daily walk in this life through Jesus Christ. He tries daily to exhibit the love of Christ to others, especially to his wife, Pamela. You've only been married 39 years, and you've got four sons and two grandkids. Do you like those grandkids, John? Oh, well, now we live 55 feet from them, so oh, it's getting my. better and better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's God's awesome. good to us. So what? Uh, I really appreciate your being with us. Um, you've been involved in men's ministry in churches. You're currently involved in, in the church you're attending, uh, head of men's ministry there. But you've also been involved with Promise Keepers for a number of years. And in fact, you are the regional director of the Great Lakes region that certainly covers Michigan, and I'm sure the states around us here. And uh, you also full-time are national director with Bibles for Missions Thrift Centers. That's where you earn your keep, I guess. But they got 15 thrift centers in five states, got 1,000 volunteers working with you and a national board purpose to raise funds to send to ministries that place God's word around the world. 55 countries, you've raised over $47 million in 29 years to the six ministries you support. That is awesome. Way to go. But I really want to focus largely, I mean, we can divert a little bit, John, but largely on the men's ministry. I mean, last okay. time we, we met with a, a Liz Doyle who runs um, She Leads Michigan, soon to run She Leads America. So it's, it's women leaders, and it mm-hmm. felt to me like we need a little balance, you know, <laughs> as far as guys as well. I mean, I, we're, we're all yep. for women doing what God calls them to do. But what, what draws you to men's ministry, John? What, what is it in your heart that, that compels you along those lines? Well, it's... Christ's love, obviously, that's what the Word teaches, that makes it all go. But I think a lot of it stems from your background. My my testimony is uh, nine months old, I lost my father to suicide. Mm. Uh, never knew him, obviously, at nine months. Uh, my stepdad was always Roy. He was never dad. And I have always kind of gleaned towards the older 
clientele men in my life and through church environments and work and people that I could see that seemed to be leading a good life and where they were going. So uh, that has always been kind of my foundational piece. And so uh, part of my story is when I came to know the Lord, I didn't really have a personal relationship. I had involved in the church for years, but I didn't really know him till 1992. How old were you then? Uh, 30... Gal, now you're making me do math. Oh, no, <laughs> just, just, just give me math. a rough estimate. It was, I was in my 30s. I was around uh, mid-30s. Okay. And uh, I realized that life was going by, and I thought I needed to control it. And uh, I finally realized, after hearing the gospel message three times across the side of my head, um, that I needed the Lord Jesus in my life. And so I surrendered to him September 20th, 1992. Wow. And so from that time, God took me on a ramp up of getting to know him, this personal relationship. And so I realized it wasn't the physical father that I really truly needed. I need my father being the Lord God. And so uh, it, it's really been quite compelling. I, it's ironic that I just happened to be involved in men's ministry for all those years, but I really took off in men's ministry uh, starting that 93. In fact, I didn't even join uh, the crown the of it, I got involved with Promise Keepers in 93, went out to Boulder. It was their first full conference of 53,000 men. I was there. I, I was there, John. And I don't remember seeing you there, though, to be honest with you. <laughs> upper, upper, upper right, okay. third from the top. Well, I know. I was top. down. I was down a little bit lower. but uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, nosebleeds. Yeah. Okay. But, isn't, but isn't that amazing? Even up in the top of that, uh, God, uh, like I'm talking to you right now, Randy, spoke to me. He says, this is where I want you to volunteer. It was clear as day. I started volunteering and Promise Keepers was going to come to Detroit. So they needed staff. And they said, John, we've heard your testimony. We see what God's doing in you. And we think you need to be in on this. And I said to him, you know, it's ironic you're doing this because at age 18, my Episcopal pastor said, you ever thought about pastoring? And I said, I had no one speaking that into my life. I didn't have that male adult telling me what's going on with the life of a man and what it means to have that calling on you. And uh, I says, I think I missed it at 18. I think I'm supposed to do it now. And uh, sure enough, I came on staff um, for in the Detroit market, and we split up the state among a couple of us guys. And uh, we just saw God just pouring out his spirit among men by the thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, uh, through those 90s and even into the uh, up to 2000, especially, obviously, the which a lot of men re- recall is the um, uh, on the mall. Right. Uh, Stand the gap. So that was tremendous. And so it, it's kind of amazing. I've even tried to tell my son, they says, do you realize in your lifetime, young men, that you you have worshiped with over million to two million men in your life already? Mm-hmm. And just to try to speak those things into guys' lives. And so I know the Lord's done that in my life. And um, I'm just I'm just blessed watching him work in the hearts of men. And so that's really a burden on me to there's uh, I, I was thinking about today. And I'll never forget a statement someone told me. He says, if you get a, a child to know the Lord, your household has a 50% chance to know the to know the Lord. If a wife comes to know the Lord, it's about 65, 70%. If a man, the husband, the, 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 the one that watches over the home, if he comes to know the Lord, there's a 90% chance yeah. that household will come to know the Lord. Mm. And so that's never left me. And uh, so I pray that I'm that example of what my bio says, even though it gets a little rough sometimes. Sure. So would you say that, that part of your motivation 
to move in this area is because of your lack of a, of a real father, a human father figure in your life? Would you say? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Seen it, touched it, felt it. Have you um, have you felt that you know you, there's been woundings there? I mean, your dad, as you said, suicided before you're you know when you were just nine months, and you had a stepdad that really wasn't much of a dad to you. I mean, there's woundings from that. Uh, again, nobody nobody has had a perfect dad. I certainly haven't either, and I'm not a perfect dad. But. Um, have you gotten healing, do you feel, for, for the wounds, the, the lack of a human dad through the Lord? We defeat the enemy by our testimony. God is so just amazing. Mm. When I first, like I said, he, he just ramped my walk with him. He wanted me to clear some of the wounds right away. I see. And I remember going to a men's meeting in Kalamazoo Assembly of God. And they talked about this wound thing. I go, what is this? But it was ironic. There was an older gentleman sitting behind me. And God was just messing me through this whole message. You got to get rid of this wound. It really involved my stepdad, Roy. He, I'd never felt that compelled to be a part of his life and him to me. Mm. And God wanted to heal so bad. He called people up. I says, I just, I bounced out of my seat. I, I got to go. I got to get rid of this, this wound that just hurts so bad of not having that father figure. Mm. The gentleman that sat behind me worked his way up around as they ask older dads to come and pray for the guys at the altar. He stood in front of me and I noticed it was the same guy. He had the same salt and pepper hair. He had the horse teeth, kind of straight teeth kind of smile. I looked at his name tag, Randy, guess what it was? Roy. Okay. I could have been any man that could sure, have been praying sure. for me at that moment. And that was the name of so your when, stepdad, Roy. That was the name of my stepdad and immediately peace came over my life. It just literally changed the way I looked at things. And I say that story to encourage anybody listening to this podcast is that God can get down to that kind of detail to take care of the things in your life that you think no way is that going to get pried out. No way is there going to be anything that can make that go away. And yet it. God. Yes. Oh, that's so good, John. And and as you pointed out, I mean, we have been adopted. You can find that throughout Scripture and Galatians and Romans and so on, that we've been adopted by a perfect father. Right. And to really identify with that. And he's not this angry you know, finger in our chest, you no. know, no harder to it. He loves us. No. He's for us. Sure, he disciplines, mm-hmm. but it's all out of love, and he gives us the pain we need so that we grow more like him. So, oh, that's good. So, say, so John, you know, you're so you're in a ministry dealing with, with men. Can, can you describe kind of the typical uh, Christ follower male in America today? Where is he? Well, what's he doing? There, well, there's what, a, what are his there's needs? Some, Go ahead. Yeah, there, there's a couple things that come to mind when I think of a, a good Christian man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've used so many different tools with men's ministry over the years, and I, I try to make it as simple as possible for the guys. I don't want to recreate and do curriculums when there's such good material out there. Sure. And I'll never forget one that comes to mind is um, with um, men's fraternity. And he says, how do you define a man? And it's four things. Man that is not passive. He rejects passivity. I love it. He he uh, accepts his responsibilities. He leads courageously and expects God's greater reward. Wow. He says that's a man's man, a Christian man. Mm. And so, and then, you know, you put all some of the other stuff with it, with um, 
Oh, wild at heart stuff. You know, a man has a woman to love, an adventure to live, and a battle to fight. Right. And so you look at those elements that that can tie up a guy's life pretty well too. And plus, you look at the seven promises of of ideas and topics that you want to look at a man that works through those seven promises. You know, that can make a big difference. So those are what a man should be. But where where do we stand as a typical American male right now compared to those four things, especially, would you say? Where are we? Well, it appears that we're like just dismantled. Um, we had those years in the 90s. That was, uh, to me, a men's awakening. That was just absolutely, uh, Henry Blackaby talked to staff and he holds up a handful of sand. The, hand, the sand is way stacked. He says, God's showing you his explosion, his hand. But what's going to be the problem is when you try to sit there and figure out God and you try to hang on to all the stuff, mm-hmm. there goes all the sand. And that's exactly what ended up happening to PK. It was almost prophetic by Henry. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the heartbeat, just as we just had this last conference, I got a chance to go down to Dallas and I looked at that and I looked at the environment. I walked around purposely to see who's there, young old, father, son, black, white, Hispanic, Asian. There was a rainbow there of what we've always prayed for at these conferences. The numbers are kind of skewed, again, depending where you are in the marketplace and things like that. But it was a little of everybody there. And God kind of just spoke to my heart. He says, I'm in this. Mm -hmm. I'm still in this of touching men's lives around the world. It might not have been exactly what we thought it would be, the altar call and we are having solemn problems and all that. But, but God told me in a dream in 1999, I says, Lord, I says, there'll be men that'll never go to church, but they'll come to something like this. Please don't ever let it go away. In 2000, he gave me a dream so explicit. I like Habakkuk, I wrote it down. And in the beginning of it, it was like the field I saw with the gem in it. And I says, Lord, I'll sell it all by that field, but I'll only do it with your anointing. And he says, immediately in my spirit, he just said, it's not in the seven promises. And I go, that's how everybody used to identify promise keepers is the seven promises with, you know, Bill McCartney's book sure. and stuff. Mm-hmm. He says it's in three things when men gather, when they worship and when they pray, hmm. that's where I am. That's in the midst where I will dwell and have my very essence and working with the hearts of men around the country. And so I'm more ignited now than I ever been because <laughs> Of any time we need God, yes. it's right now. It is. So, are you you're optimistic that that men are going to be stepping up to the plate and doing those things and being active in in pursuing God and courageously moving ahead? Are you looking forward? Well, that's, to that? that's exactly what I'm 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 saying. I, I just think that this is a time we're in, okay. and there's no better time than why not now? What's right. Where's that generation he refers to mm. that will step in? Yeah. So where's that man? I'm looking around and I and sometimes he said I found none, but then he touches the one, he puts mm. the cold to the lips and he steps up. And so uh God can do anything at any time. And uh I, I'm more encouraged now because I believe in that dream. He also told me I'm gonna take you from days of awakening to days of redemption. Mm. He's gonna start redeeming back the things that are his, a man's life, a marriage, the children the home, uh, how you conduct yourself and what the bride should look like and act like and be about his business and not the church's business. It's his church. He's, he's, he's spoken to my mind. He says, 
I'm looking for the one church. Where's that one church? And so that's what I'm even telling my regional guys. Find me that one church that's on fire. I will come and be there. And we're going to get guys excited about their faith, about excited about the relationship with the Lord. And if they don't know the Lord, they're certainly going to hear about it. Mm. That's great. So where is Promise Keepers going? Are we going to see more gatherings or is it still uncertain? You know, wh- where's it well, going? Yeah, that they, they had some time hiatus just after the conference because there was so many big commitments that much of the board and even Ken Harrison had to make that they're in the midst. I want to say it's this week or next that they are meeting to review. What's it look like? Uh, they seem intimidated by the by the stadium because it was such a big, huge mm. venture. Mm-hmm. But if if God told Ken to work through stadiums, I'd keep in the stadium mode if that's what God told him. So that's for them to figure out what that looks like. It might come down more to regional areas. I, I've heard it all. I, I can't I can't really say for them. I'm just praying God's will be done in those uh, in those meetings and that they have kindred spirit because he says in the midst of that with kindred spirit nothing will be impossible and um so that's my prayer for that team of leaders mm-hmm. for pk uh obviously god was in uh july 16th and 17th at the stadium and uh it was refreshing it was renewing i got i got blessed to take one of the co-founders, Dave Wardell, and kind of usher him around during his time he was there. He, he just turned a precious 80 years old and, you know, igniting it with coach in the car to a FCA meeting down in Pueblo from Boulder. And uh, he was more excited than you can shake a stick at. It oh, was just great. so fun to watch his reaction and knowing that we're still sowing seeds for the mm-hmm. kingdom in the hearts of men. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really praying God gave me a word that I felt that for promise keepers, it's, it's God's crusade to reach the hearts of men around the world. Hmm. Crusade was purposeful. It, it, it was something they went after. It was land. It was people groups. It was it was more than just going about the daily routine. And I think we need to call men up and out if we're going to make a difference. Because if we just do the same old, it, it, it isn't going to change much on this end of it. And unfortunately, men being influencers, being leaders, um, you know, that's going to be a tough road to hoe then if we don't get them ignited. Okay. Well, John, let's say that you had the opportunity to address every man, let's say 18 and above in America, who is a Christ follower, wants to follow Christ. What, what would you want to yeah. tell them? What would you say? Wow. That's a, another great question. God is still in doing his thing. He is just as much as he was thousands of years ago. I, I look at the Bible now. I'm 64, about to turn 65. And there is no change. There's just as much issues. The story's the story. And they might have a different culture, a little bit different flair. But it's still hurt. he's still going after the hearts of men and women and children. It, I want to just encourage them. Do not give up. If you've been walking already with the Lord, it, it is the best time to share your faith. I think the biggest thing is we need to keep sharing our testimony. Mm-hmm. How did you, what, what happened to you? Well, here's what I was then. Mm-hmm. Here's what happened today. And here's where I am now. And that just changes things. It changes how we even deal with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we could just encourage them in their faith, in their testimony, uh, to, to be a, a light. I try to tell guys, let's make it real simple. Just go out today and wave at somebody. Just go out and smile at somebody. Do some simple things. Get the door. Grab a cart so it doesn't hit the lady's car with a, 
uh, the card so it doesn't bump her car and you take it back for do some of the little things Mm -hmm. I think will add up to the big things. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would tell the young people right now. Do the little things. Mm -hmm. You're about ready to get married or whatever you're going to do. Do the little things to make that the best relationship and you build that good foundation. Mm -hmm. Do the little things at at your work where you a lot of guys, unfortunately, find their significance in that versus their sonship of being with the Lord. Um, And just to encourage them that you can be that light there just as much as anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to know that if you go that little extra mile, I think God will use it. That's good. You know, we guys have a hard time sometimes opening up and being vulnerable and being real. You know, guys struggling with pornography or other sorts of addictions. I mean, we need each other, don't we, John? And we need to be real with each other. How do we encourage guys to to, to come out, get away from the television, get away from the screens, and and meet with other guys and be real and encourage each other, as it says in, in Hebrews 10, to, to, to study one another, to provoke one. That's a strong word, provoke, poke one another, really, especially as we see the day drawing nigh toward love and good works. How, how can we encourage men to, to get off the chair, get into the game, quit being passive, and, and doing what they're supposed to be doing to, to give glory to the Lord. Well, again, also Proverbs 27, iron sharpens iron. I yes. think we need each other. Yes, we do. And um, it, a lot of it's going to come from examples. I, to me, the other thing the Lord's been reminding me is the prophet. He thought he was all forlorn. He, it was all done. He says, lift your eyes up. And you look around. And here's all these others that were ready, standing at guard to watch over the whole situation. God had posted the men there. And so... The angels. And so it's like we have got to be the example some way, somehow to other guys and call them out. We have got to be doing it and calling out others. And we do it one, two, three, four at a time. And uh, it's just kind of like our little church with men's ministry. I had three or four or five guys and we're not a very big church at all, but we average anywhere from 15 to 20 guys now Mm -hmm. because they're encouraged by relationship. We need truly man godly relationships to spur each other on yes. talk about the stuff um i had a church one time i was even in michigan one time and the guy was 78 years old he was a charter member of school uh of his church and uh i'm for your listeners i'm going to keep it somewhat polite but uh, how men self-indulge themselves to get relief um he says you're the first man that's ever come into my church to say that word mm. Mm. i was like why? Uh, I didn't even, what? He says, until we get real and let people know where we've been and where we've walked, yeah. you're just not going to get there. I admire uh, Morris. I think uh, Pastor Morris at the conference, he talked about his pornography issues over the times and all the stuff. And God all of a sudden said, list it all. That's it. Oh, well, we, we all been to those outings with men. Yes. All right, well, then we'll take it, rip it up and burn it in the trash can. He says, no, I'll put it in your Bible. <laughs> He's like, what? On his way home, Lord told him, turn to the guy next to you and tell him what that was on the list. Now, can you imagine that? Wow. The guy turned to him, heard the list. He says, I got you. Whatever you need, I'm there for you because I've been in the same boat. Yep. Guys don't want to talk about it. That's it. That's and if, it. until we really talk about the That's stuff, it. That's it. it's, it's just going to keep existing exactly. on the fringes. Exactly. Yep. It's just yep. out there. I know it's there. Big time. Yeah. Big time. So so let's say a guy's listening and he says, boy, I'd like to get together with other guys, but I don't know what we would do once we get together. Is there a, 
a curriculum? Is there a, 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 some sort of, of study book that you might recommend? I think, you know, Tony Evans is coming out with Kingdom Men Rising, for example. Yes. And, and, I've uh, heard great things about that. And you haven't seen it personally. I haven't either. No, we're, we're talking about getting it in our church because that's a whole new book. So, I mean, just um, something like that would be helpful to, to have a tool for the guy to, to say, guys, let's, let's do it. We need each other. Because we right. we guys do absolutely need each other. We cannot live the Christian life by ourselves, can we, John? Right, right. No, not at all. All right. Uh, even as we've gotten together and gotten to know each other, just listening to the life stories of the guys we're in our circle. Yes. Uh, you know, your heart just connects, and then you with that kindred spirit. It's a whole new ball game. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I, I feel invigorated. I know that. Yes. I, I've got backup. I mean, the the armor you put on, mm-hmm. but you know, there's like a ministry out there. Who's got your six? Who's got your backside? Yeah. To make sure, you know, a, a true friend. I love this expression too. A true friend knows absolutely everything about Randy Heckman. That's right. But he chooses. But he chooses to keep his mouth shut. Yeah, that's right. Vulnerability and confidentiality. And confidentiality, but we can talk. Has to be in real. Has to be part of the foundational oh, yeah, pieces of a men's ministry. Yeah. That's good. Well, there's several items out there already. Yeah. The 33 series, right? Um, I've seen that. Uh, Men's I've been Ministry, in it. The, yep. uh, the yep. Wild at Heart. Uh, the, I love uh, Lucado's book, uh, Ten Men of the Bible. Okay, uh, that was a great. We did that for. Uh, we had a um, a fun study just this last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord laid on my heart Psalm 27. It's very foundational. Sure, it is. Uh, it came through several different things, but it really speaks to different key issues. And I thought it was one of the, I don't have it with me right now, but it, it has enough context of more in that little piece of scripture about a completeness in a man's life than any other piece of scripture. Mm. And so we studied uh, the shepherd's look uh, at Psalm 23 by um, mm-hmm. Keller. Okay, um, sure. And so we just, we find those things that are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And those are the things we're using in our men's ministry. But the key is being authentic, being real. Being able to talk and not be judged, and uh, you put some of those key elements in there. You got a whole, you got a men's ministry. That's You're great. You're up and running. Well, John, uh, you know, you and I, and maybe we can get some others to even work locally to try to inspire more of these small groups of guys getting together. We need each other at least weekly. It seems to me to get together. Well, and again, do we're doing yeah. we're doing one here in Grand Rapids, just calling it the gathering, and oh, we're making right. it the third Saturday. Third Saturday of every month over at uh, Acts Gospel Outreach on Twelfth uh, Avenue in the Northwest Side, and we got—I just felt the Lord say, "Start somewhere." That's great, uh, John. And, yes. And so we're just we're just trying it, and just it, there's no agenda. We're just waiting on God. Whatever Scripture is brought up, whatever song comes to mind, just a thought. Be, just a thought. Maybe from that, you could have breakout sessions. You know, for based on the region around the area. That yep. guys can say, look, we need each other. Let's the four of us that live in the southwest quadrant of, of this community purpose to get together at 6 a.m. on, you know, every Friday or every Thursday, whatever. But uh, just a thought. Right. Well, yep. That's great. I love that, John. Anything else you want to add before we close? No, I just really appreciate the opportunity. We're well, just appreciate you. God's up to something with the hearts of men. I love just it. Just get ready. Hold on. I love it, John. Why, why don't... Uh, in fact, let me close this in prayer. Usually I have the guests do it, but I feel inclined to do it myself right now. So, Lord, I just want to thank you for John. Thank you for the fact that he came to faith in Christ in his 30s. Lord, you got him. 
And he's been following you ever since. I'm just so proud of that man. And uh, he's got a heart for men. And Lord, we need men to come to the plate, Lord, to meet with other men, to be real, because we all are weak. We all have needs. We all stumble many times. And that whole area of pornography and lust is, is one of those big ones. The other one is passivity of just mm. just letting the letting the little woman take care of those kids. You know, let the little and we just do our thing, watch our TV, play our golf, whatever. Forgive us. Lord, we you call us to be men of God. You you say fathers uh, to to raise your children in the fear and and discipline of the Lord. Mm. Uh, not that mothers have no role in that, but we have a role uh, to be a to a good husband, to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that one woman. Mm. And uh, Lord, but we need the word, we need prayer, but we also need one another to, 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 uh, to, to be real with so we can pray for each other and realize that, that others are in the same battle that we face and that can, can support us and encourage us with their example. So bless John, Lord, lead him in these uh, Friday morning or Saturday morning things that he does at, at Acts Gospel Church. Um, and uh, that he'd, he'd lead them as far as what to do, that, that we'd see more groups of men gathering, that men would, uh, even listening to this podcast, would, would listen to your spirit and, and take initiative, God. Lord, we, we pray for revival. We need your yes. moving, your pouring out of your spirit, Lord, returning us to, to you as an as a area, as a state, as a nation, as a world, Lord. Forgive us for, for being prayerless and, and not doing everything that you call us to do, but we purpose, Lord, to be all in with you. So thank you for this time. We, we just bless you, Lord, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, John, thank you so much for being with us, and we'll, we'll stay in touch. We'll keep praying with you. Amen. Thank you very much.